Hello, I'm Emma Rice, the Artistic Director of Wise Children. What a week it's been. I'm recording this after our first week of previews at the Old Vic, and even though I'm a bit tired and emotional, it's a wonderful chance to reflect on what we've made, what we've achieved, and how we've achieved it. We got through our open dress rehearsal last week with all the adrenaline, fear and fizz of a controlled crash test. This week, armed with all we discovered from that first audience, is the next stage of the process, the preview period. The preview period is a set of shows that are sold at a slightly reduced rate before the critics are allowed in to review the show. Whilst the timetable is ultimately set by when press night lands, the work we do in this period is detailed and vital. It's the chance for me, the creative team, the actors and technicians to dig into the work, to fine-tune our choices and to keep putting the show in front of an audience. By doing this, we get a chance to see what's working and what's not, to iron out the technical issues and see if we're telling the story in the best and most emotionally clear way that we can. It's an intense process for everyone, but a truly exciting one. The audience are the final piece of the puzzle, and every night they show us the way with their laughter, their coughing, even their silence. Every response is a clue for us theatre detectives, and we follow them all. These preview days are very long. Ideas get cut, which can be painful, as some represent days, if not weeks, of work and learning. Other ideas are discovered and end up going into the show less rehearsed than we'd like. Scenery and costumes are altered, quick changes are drilled, scenes rewritten and choreography changed. The show is evolving in front of our eyes, ears and hearts, and sometimes we fall over ourselves with the collective need to get our story told as truly and as perfectly as we can. As the director, I try to balance this heady atmosphere of change with the need to build a steady company who are confident in what they're doing and match fit to play these characters. I mustn't exhaust them, but equally, I need to keep up the momentum of the process. The actors are the ones who will have to tell this story night after night whilst retaining the surprise and sparkle of the first time. This ability to return fresh to the work time and time again is the unsung art of the theatre actor and I remain in awe of their craft and enduring impish spirits. Theatre, however, is not just impish. It is a disciplined art. Regardless of what is happening in the world and in our personal lives, the show will start at 7.30. To achieve this, the day is tightly scheduled. The technical teams start as early as 8 o'clock to get everything ready for the day ahead. Then, around noon, the cast will get into costumes and mics. We then spend the afternoon working on notes, cuts and ideas. At 5, there's a quick break until 6, whilst a reset happens on stage. And then by six, the cast are starting to warm up, getting back into costume and makeup, ready for the house to open at seven for a 7.30 curtain. I realise that I've slipped into another language, the language of theatre. House, that's the auditorium. And curtain, that's an old expression for when the show starts, even though there aren't many curtains these days. This old terminology feels particularly fitting for our showgirls, Nora and Dora, 
So whilst we're on it, I'm going to give you a few more. In English theatre, we refer to the times before curtain up by name. This can be confusing, particularly as it's different in different parts of the world. Ours are resolutely still based on music hall language, which I love. So here goes. The half is 35 minutes before curtain, and traditionally, the last moment a member of the company can arrive in the building, be allowed to go on stage, and therefore get paid. The quarter, that's 20 minutes before. The five, 10 minutes before. Beginners, that's five minutes before the show is due to start. Curtain, that's the show starting. Lights up, that's letting everyone know that the show has started. Got it? Well done. So, at the half, I went round the dressing rooms to catch up with the company as they're getting ready for a preview. I started in the girls' room, and before I could start my questions, my friend, choreographer and Nora in the play, Etta Murfit, was still working away. I think the music is finished. I think follow the music. I think, I I think it finishes. And then I'll come in and say, so what Try we that, and I'll keep my eye on it as well. because right, I, I still... I, I, that's... The one moment I'm going. Well, also, Bob can't get off fast either, can he? Yeah. So it's also trying to find that rhythm. Just keep using your instinct, and I'll, when I see it, I'll let you know. Okay, cool. Come on, Katie Owen. I want an Uber to Cardiff immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what it's like at this point of the process. What's pre- what are previews like? They're hard work because we don't only follow an eight show week, but we work in between. We've just been discussing that, haven't we? How, what do you feel about that? Well, everyone gets a bit titty. <laughs> Tempers begin to fray. <laughs> we have a couple of tense moments, but it all softens eventually. People are allowed to get titty when they're tired, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. And there's pressure. There's always lots of pressure because this is the launch of your new company and everyone wants to get it right for you. <laughs> Can you hear the slight laughter going around? <laughs> Is it all on, on, is it my fault then? No, it's not your fault. It's everyone's fault, is it? <laughs> That's just the alchemy of the beast. But there is lots of pressure because it's a new company. It's also a well-loved book. So people come going, oh, where's that bit? But they just have to let it go and enjoy the experience. <laughs> just let it go <laughs> and enjoy the experience. The only, I'm really, can. I'm also a bit shocked that you're doing eight shows as well as tech work. But it does mean that it's quite technical, isn't it, on stage, that you get a few chances of... Consolidating. You're doing your interviewing voice now. <laughs> I can tell. It's different, isn't it? I'm doing my best voice as well. Um, it is a technical show because you've chosen to have a giant caravan in the middle, which is causing everyone difficulty. <laughs> so that's been problematic, but that's starting to ease now. I wear a fat suit in which I perspire a lot. I feel embarrassed when people change me. <laughs> stage and they peel it off my little is it an appropriate job for a grown woman is what an appropriate job for a grown woman <laughs> this job no absolutely not no i wish i'd gone into midwifery <laughs> <laughs> who are you what are you doing i'm melissa i'm currently putting on my makeup i've learned how to do 1920s eyeshadow i'm not very good at eyeshadow but i've watched many youtube tutorials What's the difference? What's 1920s? Well, 1920s is usually a smoky eyeshadow, and it's like a rounder shape rather than out to the side, which I got taught by Kate, I think. Um, and there's a thinner lip, so it's more of a pouty 
lips, so you can put foundation on your lips to make your lips look smaller. Hmm. That's more in the middle, though. They look a bit like circles in the middle, don't they? Yeah, like little circles, like yeah. little pouty circles in the middle of the lips. Cute. Which, actually, I haven't been doing, so... <laughs> but that's what it is. <laughs> and, and you're yeah. eating? What are you eating? I'm eating my daily porridge and banana, because it keeps me going for a long time. And on a two-show day, I forget to eat, so this is a good meal to... Keep I never going. forget to eat. <laughs> but it's very stressful, isn't it? When you're moving and you're sweating and this show is like, you need, you don't have time to grab a little snack or even grab water, so you have to fill up before. Because you're never off stage, are you? No, I'm pretty much on stage for like the whole two and a half hours. And I just came in and gave a few notes and my first note from Melissa was about her follow spot yeah. operation. <laughs> yeah, because I got too many people in my follow spot, so I need to just get gorgeous George and yeah. keep it on him. And how's your energy? How are you feeling? I came in early to prep my singing voice, my makeup and my hair, and I feel like I'm on track. Next, a quick stop at the boys' dressing room. Who are you? Uh, who am I? I'm Paul Hudson. <laughs> how, how are previews going? What's this period like for you? Um, I think it's one of my favourite bits because you get to do the show at night in front of an audience and discover loads, have a rest and then come in and work. And I think some of the best work happens in that I, luckily with this we have quite a few but in that intense period when you're up and running you learn an enormous amount because you are an audience is responding to stuff and surprising you or stuff that you thought oh that will land and it doesn't and then you're trying to adjust and and uh, and also not letting everything everything settle sort of keep interrogating it yeah it's quite hard work I'm finding it because we have such short periods of time and there's a lot of information I feel I feel a little, little bit like it's sort of an Olympic sport uh, rehearsing in previews yeah I think it has to be very disciplined which is hard with an unruly bunch like us of 15 reprobates uh, <laughs> keeping them in order I'm sure it's not easy and uh, on arriving on time but uh, so yes I think actually you have to use the time very carefully and I think we are and uh, and I think all the detail of the stuff feels that we've got the right balance between enough to consider and put in place each night and not be bombarded either where you can't remember what on earth you're trying to do. So it's getting that balance right, which I think we, we've, we're, we're striking. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're very well. I'll get back to that paper. I will. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. I am Gareth Snoke mm. and I'm playing Dora. Mm-hmm. And now I am writing myself some new lines. What? Well, hang on, wait a minute. <laughs> That's not your job, is it? What do you mean, writing no. new lines? Well, I don't know if you know, but the director, Emma Rice, <laughs> she um, asked me to make her an offer. On yes, a, I in, did, in one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, you, yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so I'm just thinking of something clever to say um, um, and see what she thinks of it. <laughs> I'd forgotten I'd asked you to do that. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, you've so got the most lines to speak of anybody in the company, haven't you? Yes. How are you? How I'm, do you learn your lines? How do I learn my lines? I sit at home and I go over and over and over them. Um, as our director, Emma Rice, says. <laughs> Repetition is our friend. You're a very hard worker, though. I've noticed right from the start, you've done a lot of well, work before rehearsals. Yeah, yeah, I did a little bit of work before rehearsals because it was so much, wasn't it? I mean, you know, and I wanted to... And also, until... Because 
you know, it was a draft, wasn't it? A draft script. So, you know, you can only start playing with it until... Um, you can only start playing with it when you are confident with it. Yeah, and really. then you start changing it. And then you start changing it. And then suddenly you start changing it, oh, days before we open. Yeah. <laughs> well, but the thing is, it's revealing itself to us, yeah. isn't it? So you, the, the discoveries are genuine. Absolutely, yeah. It's very exciting. Uh, tell me what it's like playing a woman. Um, it's fascinating in this particular story because Dora is a modern woman. There are so many. She's she, she's a, a feminist, and it's got such modern themes in the character that is fascinating. For, and wonderful for, for me as a man to be representing those values and you know I think it's wonderful and it's strangely inclusive I find to have people keep asking me why did I cast yeah. a man and I don't think about it I cast you mm. because you're my Dora mm. and there's something yeah. in the spirit but it's very inclusive to hear a man mm. talking about feminism and yes um, really thinking about that woman's complexity and mm. um, subtlety. Yeah, exactly, absolutely. And we've never talked about good. it, have we? We've never talked about it, and I don't think it's necessary. No. You know, and like you said, it's very inclusive. And, you know, why shouldn't, you know, um, I'm a feminist, <laughs> so I, I, I can uh, identify with her absolutely totally. So, um, you know, I, I, I've never, th there wasn't any work for me to do on that, on that part of it, you know? Yeah. Cheers, sister. Hurrah. <laughs> it's true. And we've never, there's no padding, is there? We're, no, we're no padding. Anything, no no makeup. Anything. No. No. No makeup. No makeup at all. Well, there's a little bit eyeliner. Yeah. But that's no. just because it's a big theatre. But there's no, no, there's no female makeup as such. And I, no. feel, I feel that that's been an important thing. Again, we haven't talked about it much, but you're really not in drag. No. You're playing Dora Chance. Yeah, exactly. In the same way, if you're playing Hamlet, you'd be playing Absolutely. Hamlet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I think there's a nod to um, her, to her, uh, to her femininity, because she is an ex-showgirl. Mm -hmm. So it would be crazy not to do that and not truthful. So, but it's, I think it's only a nod, isn't it? It is. Um, it, yeah. You're channeling her. She's, yeah. she's just exists, doesn't she? As we yeah. all do. We don't wake up in the morning and feel like we're a woman. You wake up feeling, yes. I wake up feeling like I'm Emma. That's right. It's a Precisely. very different thing. Yeah. Um, just describe the line mm. in the play that we haven't talked about and has taken us all by surprise. Oh, right. There is one line in the play. The line is when Dora and Nora get ready to go to their father's 100th birthday party, they go down Bristol Brixton Market and buy these, these wonderful matching outfits. It is every woman's tragedy that after a certain age, she looks like a female impersonator. <laughs> Right, get back to your yeah, script writing. Yeah, see what you say later. I caught up with Ian sat in the band area on stage just as the company started warming up. Ian Ross. <laughs> Who are you? I'm Ian Ross. What's your job? I'm composer and uh, musical director for The Wise Children, the show. We're about to hit preview three, aren't we? And what are you thinking about? I'm thinking about uh, the end of Act One because we're feeling like it's not springy enough. Um, to take us into the interval after a slightly um, uh, big number a little earlier on in the change of the twins. You're not only the composer, but you're also in the band, aren't you? That's true, yes. 
So we were just talking about how it's slightly difficult that I'm on stage unable to watch it, but feeling like there may be something that we need to do, but not being able to see the overall shape in order to make a, uh, a decision. And then it's up to Emma being in the audience all alone <laughs> to uh, try, and, try and problem solve. With no friends. With no friends at all. Just... It's not bad to only have one problem. Yeah, that's at the true. Moment. It's no. not bad at all. Yeah, there's all these little things that we're finding really exciting to fix. And that's that's cool, but it's like the, the, you know this is a this is an example of a of a lumpy one. Yeah. And we're also just discussing whether Ian's going to put in two different versions on the two shows we're going to do today, which feels really scary. That's a bit scary, yeah. And I think it, I I feel like we could either just do it and not tell anyone. Well, let's just do it without telling them. I think that would be all right, wouldn't it? Get back to work. Shush. Bye. Who are you and what are you doing? I know that's not on. It is on. There's a red button. <laughs> Um, yeah, my name's Sam Archer. Uh, just warming up for the uh, first matinee run at the Old Vic. What do you do in your walk? Uh, it is both physical and vocal. Uh, just to uh, warm the body up, it's quite a physical show. Um, so a bit of stretching, a bit of aerobic to get the old heart going. Because you're dance trained, aren't you? Um, yes, dance trained uh, and yeah, singing and a bit of acting as well. So yeah, just trying to get the, the voice warm, the body warm. Um, and do you ever worried about doing too much because you've got a big day ahead? How do you how do you manage how much of a warm up you do when you've got two shows ahead? Um, I think it's just preparation from the beginning of the contract, really making sure you get a good night's sleep and yeah, not overdoing it um, with two shows, but yeah, just making sure you're warm throughout the day, eating well, drinking lots of water, and looking after yourself. Get back to Thank you very much. <laughs> As you were. Press ups, 102, 103. Who are you? Oh, um, I'm Mike Shepherd. I'm playing the older twin. Um, Peregrine has a... How's this bit of the process for you? Um, well, this is this is good because you start to when, when you first open, you've done all you've rehearsed all the bits, but it's not together. And then, of course, last minute, there's the enormous added extra team of of people and, and things you remember i.e pick that up with your right hand put that down with your left how do you do that quick change oh there's someone different here helping me with this they don't know what we decided the night before so you're looking for all those rhythms backstage that can serve the on stage but it's exciting as well because one that you you start to feel the rhythms and the structure of the piece but two you start to feel what the whole piece is about itself which you don't necessarily get that picture when you're making something brand new it's not it's not an existing piece that other people for for, for decades have, have proved that it works you've no idea if it works and then suddenly um, you think ah this is what we've got and this is what it needs to really make it work but it the the piece that you've created and and and, and even the director yourself or whatever doesn't necessarily know the whole picture but suddenly you go ah it's revealing itself you can hear can't you that the cast are focused buzzing with thoughts and frantically trying to remember their parts text dance steps and moves they're all different and have different approaches. Some are quiet and need their space. Others need to mess about and let off energy. 
a theatre during this period is a magical place to behold. I'm Patricia Kwiatka and I am uh, one of the wise uh, children. Although I'm not wise myself, I'm slightly silly, I think. Or I feel a bit giddy and silly before the show. Um, um, I play Lady Atalanta, uh, a slightly mysterious, beguiled, uh, elegant, classy woman. Um, a wife of uh, one of the main characters, Melchior Hazard. And I also play a male role, Blue-Eyed Boy, who is the true love of uh, Nora. Um, we laugh about you, Patty, because you have sex with almost everybody in the company, don't you? Um, on stage. Well, on stage so far, yes. <laughs> oh, yes, and I quite enjoy it, in fact. Uh, I'm, I'm busy snogging almost everybody in the cast, and uh, there is a lot of uh, lipstick smeared all over my face. It's, it's raunchy. It's so raunchy. <laughs> I love my job. <laughs> And how are you finding this period, this bit of the process? Oh, it's it's brilliant because it's still fresh, so there's still a lot to learn about the show. But you kind of also feel secure already because we've, we've, we've played it like five or six times now, so you kind of know a little bit what, what it's going to be like in front of a thousand people. But it's still ever so fresh and there's still much to discover. And we are far, far from being bored of it yet. <laughs> and but it's a big week, isn't it? We've done, we're doing eight shows this week and rehearsals. Oh, it's it's massive. Uh, it's massive, but we are kind of we are just high as kites on adrenaline and excitement of it all. So it's going to be brilliant until the press night, and then we are going to be depressed and <laughs> have a post-press night uh, syndrome, depression syndrome. Tell me about that. Oh, I don't know, just kind of wake up and looking slightly kind of uh, with an empty, uh, just looking in, looking into the window with a slightly empty gaze. Um, you you just dribble already, a little bit. I'm already sad that this, because it's all, it's just ours, isn't it? I'm just grieving already. A little bit, yeah. And that's and it a bit premature. Whether, it doesn't matter whether the reviews are good or bad, there's still a sense no. that this bit's over, the, the making of it, the creation. Yes, but it's also, I love it now because it's in our hands and we can just, you know, we can make it amazing and we can be adored by the audience. <laughs> this preview period is an intense and magic bubble. Unlike rehearsals or technical rehearsals, every night the show now plays in front of an audience. And that's the point of this whole maddening, beautiful thing that we do. We share stories. In the midst of this chaos, it's often easy to forget that there's a simplicity to what we do, and that thought calms me. I've now got the show to a point that I'm happy with and deeply proud of. It doesn't mean that there aren't more changes to be made. It just means that for now, we have the best version we could make at this time and in this place. It will be press night soon, and this part of the creation process will be over. Critics are vital to our industry, and what they say has a very real effect on us as artists and as a company. But ultimately, we don't do this to seek approval. We do it because we want and need to. Theatre is a vocation, and the team and I are in love with this show in all its maverick beauty. This show is now personal, not just to me, but for everyone who has worked on it. 
This story that started life as a novel by Angela Carter has now been adapted by me and then shared with actors, musicians and artists. By the time we share it with you, many people's stories, passions and souls have been woven through it. Each strand will be personal to them and they will have secretly added something of themselves, often something deeply personal. The show by this point is more than the sum of its parts much more, and I thank the gods for the chance to live this life of shared humanity. It is this precious humanity that I want to share when we perform Wise Children. I want the joy on stage to bleed into joy in the auditorium. I want truth to bleed into truth, and hope to bleed into hope. As Dora and Nora say, what a joy it is to dance and sing. Joy it is to dance and sing.